1: Revived Thoughts is a production of Revive Studios.
2: This is Troy and Joel, and you're listening to Revive Thoughts.
3: Troy, I am excited for uh, another Dr- Joel and Troy chat about uh, historical figure In church history (laughs) That's the subtitle of this episode here Uh, St. Valentine You know, a lot of people are familiar with St. Nick You know, and and that honestly was probably One of our most popular And one of the largest amount of The episodes that gave us the most amount of feedback Was that St. Nick episode Where we just You just kind of ran me through uh, St. Nick and how we got You know, to Christmas And how that became all combined into Christmas Um, I would reckon there's probably a significantly less proportioned amount of the public that knows that Valentine's Day is, is named after a St. Valentine. You know, that, that historical figure is probably lesser known. I might be wrong, Yeah, but I don't. Like
2: I, yeah, like I think even though it's in the name St. Valentine's Day, like how much of us know about who St. Valentine is or was and like right. what his story is.
3: And I, I'll be the first to tell you, I... No, absolutely nothing. I mean, I I am aware that it is named after a St. Valentine who Mm -hmm. was a real person and historical figure. But beyond that, I'm excited to hear what you are bringing to the table with the information (laughs) of who he was and how it morphed into Valentine's Day. And also, you know, I'm just assuming that like it seems like all holidays are named after historical figures. I'm looking forward to our St. Fourth of July episode coming up here in the summer i'm just kidding
2: yeah no i'm pretty sure it's saint valentine's day and christmas are the only ones that have like that kind of historical significance like saint patrick's day there's nobody really associated with him oh wait I'm just kidding saint patrick of oh, okay anyway. also a, a real job. person eh yeah also a real person you can go check out his episode on martyrs and missionaries Elise already covered um the work that he did in ireland so we don't he doesn't we don't really get to touch him But before we get into St. Valentine's Day, we also need to say thank you to some people who have been supporting us on Patreon. We thank you for giving us some love, like one does on Valentine's Day. Oh, that's great. Thank you. (laughs) And so we're going to give you guys some love back by giving you a shout out to some of our new supporters. Uh, Joel, can you tell us who some of those new supporters who have been keeping us going
3: are? Some great supporters recently. Helen, uh, Dave. Brian, Corey, Mike, Todd, Gregory, uh, just to name a few that have come in in the past uh, few months here. Really, it, it's it means so much to us uh, that you are willing to uh, chip in a little bit to help Revive Studios and help us produce content throughout the year. And if you want a contributor, you want to become a Patreon and support Revive Studios, follow the link in the description. We can get you hooked up with an ad-free feed. And if you send us your address, I can send you uh, some... Thank you, goodies. Some stickers and bookmarks. Uh, Troy. Yes. Let's play Let's play. what year did St. Valentine live? And again, okay. I know absolutely nothing. And our listeners might know more than I do about this, but I'm going to put it. I love how it,
2: Joel, how almost like braggadocious you are. Like, you wouldn't even believe how little I know about St. Valentine. <laughs> it's don't true. even challenge it's true. me. You think you don't know? I can't even spell his name.
3: I don't know how many like recent saints that events are named after like that that's it's an old thing right like For i don't sure. feel like the the society or the, i feel like it would have happened in the heyday at the catholic church where you know they're okay. they're Satan people and and holidays are being named after them so i want i want to put it back you know kind of medieval or like maybe renaissance let's let's put it in the 1600s Does so saint valentine live somewhere in the 1600s
2: okay um you're pretty close, it, if you just are off by fourteen hundred years. Like, <laughs> then not too bad.
3: That's not close
2: at all. <laughs> you were you were even further off than I thought you would have been. Um, yeah. So no, Saint Valentine's Day, the original people, and so it's actually important to note that there is more than one person called Valentine who was martyred in like the and same like- fifty-year span from the year two fifty to three hundred. And one of these guys was the one the Catholic Church was thinking of when they made him a saint and made him the holiday after him. But we don't know which of them it was. We don't know if it's just the material, the resources, or whatever got lost over time. But when you say, hey, we're making a feast for St. Valentine the Martyr, and we go back through the martyr histories and we see, you know, there's at least two of them. We don't know which one they were talking about. And it's not like they clarified and said, we're referring to this one. It just says St. Valentine, so no one so knows for certain which of the two Valentines that were killed was the right one.
3: So you're saying like like third century early yes. church. This is like, this is that era. This yeah, is and, like your uh, basil, right? Yes.
2: Yeah, this is exactly. Those would have been his contemporaries kind of a little bit, I think, after Iranius or around that time, around Tertullian, like that little era yeah. right there. We and haven't gotten to St. Augustine. We haven't gotten to Gregory of Nazianzus or any of those guys yet.
3: And apparently Valentine is just like a... That's that's a common name. It's like our John today. Like there was you not, couldn't, quite, you, <laughs> not quite, not <laughs> quite well, that I mean, common, maybe. How many uh, martyrs do we know that were both martyr that had same the same names? I can't I think mean, of
2: any. Well, there's tons of Johns. Um, that's true, I guess. Obviously, because we know from any if you've ever been to our church history trivia night, that name yeah. that John is an important question because of all the Johns that there are. Um, but there's also. I, there was actually three Valentines murdered. So, I mean, uh, martyred for the faith in this era. But we know one of them is probably not the right Valentine. It's just between the other two. But yeah. All right. I, you know, so one of two I, I, Valentines. I would say it's not It's not the John of its era. That's too common a name. But, mm-hmm. you know, it could be like the Nick. You know what I'm saying? Like Nick is sure. the name. You know, you know more than one Nick, but Nick's not like super common. So right. Valentines
3: are Nick's. I dig it's certainly not a common name now. Although I could see it making a comeback.
2: Uh yeah. I mean I it, it would it's kinda that'd be kind of okay. Name your child Valentine, let us know how it goes. I mean I'm I, I don't not even to the name my kid Go for it though. I feel like if anything it almost sounds like it could be a girl's name now. But maybe that's because of Valerie, yeah. Val, and Val is the short Valentine I don't know. I dig Boy, it. Boy, we really we really got to important places. We're sticking <laughs> we're sticking close to our script today, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> So um, what did
3: St. Valentine do? Wait, 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 Jill. Jill okay. Jill, we can't just jump I'm, I'm jumping straight. ahead.
2: Come on, man. You're 800 years early because before there was St. Valentine's Day, there was another holiday that is associated with this time. If you were to Google origins of Valentine's Day right now, you would see a bunch of websites telling you about this other holiday in Rome that happened between February 13th and February 15th. And audience, I'm telling you about this holiday partially because it's got some historical significance, we'll talk about it and just clarify the details of it, but partially because this holiday was super duper weird, and you need to hear about this because it's so so strange. So it's called Lupercalia, and I apologize if I said that wrong. I'm not Roman from the 500s BC, so you know I don't know how to say their names. Um, but it honored the wolf that fed Romulus and Remus its milk. Um, so you know the Roman twins were left you know off in Rome and they were raised by a wolf. And this is an honorable ceremony to that wolf. The priests called themselves Lupercheese or Lupercheese or something like that. And they would violently kill an animal, either a wolf or a goat for fertility and virility as one, you know, does during a go- mm-hmm. an old fashioned pagan insane set- festival. They would then cut pieces of it off. They would cover one of the priests in blood and then they would cover him in milk to wash off the blood and sometimes they would wash the milk off, sometimes they wouldn't. And then this person wouldn't run either completely naked or nearly naked through the town, hitting people with, this, with, the, with the remains of this wolf. And the women would line up hoping to get hit with blood so that they would then be able to have children that year. And that's what you did um, huh. in the middle of February in Italy. And that festival lasted legitimately almost a thousand years in Rome from five, from the early 500s BC. Plutarch wrote about how popular it was. Um, and the like Pope and Catholic system was still trying to abolish it into the late four hundreds, into the late, you know, into the fifth century before it was really on its way out. So for a thousand years, some of our ancestors you know thought that was just a perfectly normal february 14th huh
3: can't say i've i've heard of that one (laughs) and you're saying and you're saying this gets tied up with saint valentine somehow
2: (laughs) so because it's at the same time as saint valentine's people have wondered uh and there's one more aspect of it so they they would the single men would apparently draw a name from a jar and any single lady's name that was in that jar would have to go to them with this event and it was kind of like a date and because they're getting hit with like the bloody whatever of a wolf or goat or whatever's going on this they're now very fertile and that could lead to you know a night out and these are not christians that's the thinking right However, there are some major problems with this. If you Google it, this is what like all the pop sites are going to tell you. Like I saw this on like 10 different websites saying this is definitely where Valentine's Day gets its origin, but it's actually probably not where Valentine's Day. So I'm kind of putting this this crazy story out there to help you know what's not actually true about Valentine's Day, because here's the thing. That, that holiday was only celebrated in Rome. But when the Catholic Church put together Valentine's, the Feast of St. Valentine, it was sent out for the whole Catholic Church, not just Rome. So like, why would you work so hard to replace this holiday that's only in your town, not really affecting everyone else? And furthermore, this aspect, where the single men take a single lady with them to this festival, didn't they? There's no record of it until the early 1700s when a guy named Alan Butler was trying to discredit Valentine's Day by saying, "Oh, they just stole it from this Roman festival, and look, the single men would take the single ladies," and that's where he that the rumor comes from. There's no earlier source that ever mentions mm-hmm. that. And when you take that kind of date aspect away from Valentine's Day, it's just a weird pagan festival. And St. Valentine had nothing to do with love at the time or anything either. It was just an honoring festival to him. And they had like a thousand of those in the Roman calendar. So there was no reason to assume that this one was really any different. Mm-hmm. And so as interesting and weird as these things are, and people like to put them together because they think that they can like have a nice pagan love story origins or something, it really doesn't fit. It doesn't really look like this, these, this is true that this is what Valentine's Day was sent to replace. Um, it seems like it just was a coincidence that these two things happened. Yeah, it sounds
3: whatever. almost sounds almost like it was like just a approx. Yeah, like like you're saying, like a, people in Rome that uh, you know are over the millennia, you know, indoctrinated with the the Vatican yeah. and the Catholic Church. There, they're celebrating Saint Valentine at the same time that yeah. people are also talking. You know, the the the, the ripples of this other tradition are still present and mm-hmm. so you kind of uh you know just by by name associate one yeah, with the exactly. other happening at the same and, time
2: and especially because like the the roman festival lasted even a 100 years after the christian roman empire outlawed any non-christian festivals this festival is still going on but it was as this festival was dying and one of the guys who was like against the festival he didn't abolish it he didn't actually have the power to but he was pro getting rid of this holiday there, he was also the guy who instituted Valentine's Day. So there's like, oh, well, he's the guy who did it. Yeah, but like the festival was on its way out and then he brought in Valentine's Day. Mm. But again, you got to remember, there are so many feast days to random martyrs and stuff. Like to, to the, the Valentine's Day back then does not mean the same thing that it does today, which means we have to kind of go over and say like, well, who, you know, what is Valentine's Day? Okay, so we have... Three different Valentines who it could be. Now, there's one we're pretty sure it wasn't him. Even the, like, the one mention he gets anywhere is this guy named Valentine and his companions die in Africa, period. That's literally all it is. So we know, like, nothing about his story. We're pretty sure it's not him that's getting the holiday. But there's these two other guys. One um, is famous. His story at least goes that the emperor at the time, I believe Emperor Claudius II, uh wanted soldiers to fight he wasn't having no soldiers in his army he believed it was because too many soldiers were getting married so they wouldn't go off to war any afterwards so he banned marriage um but this like you know pa- this preacher heroically went and kept marrying the soldiers quietly in the dark so that the christians wouldn't live in sin and he got put in jail and killed for it you know because of what he was doing and uh, that's one valentine that maybe it was that guy then there's another valentine it was a bishop and he was traveling through and during the time that uh, christianity was illegal he kept preaching the name of christ and he was taken into jail and killed and that's pretty much all we know about their stories that comes from that era. Like we wish we knew more, but there's a really simple stories. These are just pretty short martyrdoms that happened. And again, the Catholic church has never been super clear. Like they didn't tell us which one they were talking about. And it's been 1600 years. We can't ask them anymore. Yeah, I mean, imagine Someone they picked up St. Valentine. I
3: imagine like just some, uh, some, some like Bishop in the Catholic church that was like high up, or like some Cardinal that like was friends yeah. with this, this Valentine and wanted to honor him somehow. And, uh,
2: well that's i mean not probably that because like the saint valentine's died in the 200s like you know the third century but this holiday is instituted at the end of the fifth century so 200 years has passed by um but again they clearly must have had more information and more knowledge i don't know if it's just oral history or something that was written down at their time that we don't have anymore because they seem to think it was worth noting these guys' stories but they don't tell us why that is worth noting. So, like, to a degree, St. Valentine's Day is a bit of a mystery because we don't know, okay, which of these Valentines, and what made this one, because like, there were so many martyrs during that time, what made whoever of these two Valentines so specific that you wanted to elevate him higher mm-hmm. than his peers, and we don't really know what it was Lost exactly. The history,
3: that's interesting, yeah. It is. some Some document, you know, burned in the fire of Alexandria or something like that, that like, yeah. uh, I, w- I be, I would be curious if there's like some, some record room in the depths of the Vatican that like has, surely there's there's some type of document that goes back no
2: i mean i even went to catholic com and like you can go look it up too their information is so scant on like what even they're just kind of like here they are here's all we know it's and you, you're like looking at two paragraphs you're like is that really all you have like this is nothing like you guys You know, you had this feast to this guy Mm -hmm. and you yourselves have forgotten why you put it there. Um, It it seems very obvious.
3: That's interesting because to me that means that in the year 500, like people celebrated St. Valentine and were more uh, like aware and like, you know, St. Valentine was a bigger thing to them in that day than it is to us now like it's just been kind of forgotten and morphed into something else well
2: so actually i i don't know that that's true no that's actually we'll get to that a little bit later but like that's not quite true because they had so many feasts to different martyrs and it was just a feasting day like it was nothing okay. super special about it in the sense of just like this is the day we honor this one but the catholic church had so many and i also think it's part of the reason we lost that history is because it happened right at the turn of the fifth century the roman Empire's collapsing all these things are happening around them and then they answered to this holiday but like writing and book writing we almost completely lose like all of our history during this time and it just barely gets preserved um there's so much loss so like there might have been real reasons real documents even real stories that that explain Valentine's significance But again, because it was coming out right as the Roman Empire is just collapsing out from under it, right before, you know, all the different pagan tribes come and invade and take over these territories and things like that, Um, during all these big wars with uh, the Aryans and all this crazy stuff is going on with the church and all that, that just whatever, you know, group of people maybe was in charge of preserving this legacy uh, just got lost to it. So... That's Now, there is a little bit of embellishments that have happened over time. Like, if you look up St. Valentine's, you will find some other stories. These definitely come way later, but it's worth telling because maybe, who knows, it could be that some string of reality is attached to them. More than likely, though, it just helps you to know, like, here's how they've embellished a story over time. But the kind of official-ish version is that one of these Valentines, whichever one it was, and, and most people like to use the one who was marrying people because since we now see Valentine's Day as a, day, a holiday of love, right, um it, you want that valentine the one who is you know marrying yeah. people for love kind of a thing sweet and he gets taken to jail himself some versions have him as like this heroic guy who's breaking people out of jail for a while he's saving christians they really kind of beefed his story up but then he gets taken to jail um eventually and thrown kind of you know and he's thrown in the prison things didn't work out and um but he meets the the jailer's daughter. One version is because saints always need to have like some miracle kind of attached. To right. That he heals the, the jailer's daughter somehow. Maybe she was blind or something. Um, but whatever it is, they fall in love. He writes a Valentine for her, like a final letter goodbye, and he sa- signs it "Your Valentine." And then he dies. And like this is certainly a made up story. Certainly, it did not. I, I that you know I don't normally say for certain. Like I don't believe it <laughs> happened. Uh, but this one I'm pretty sure did not have. it sounds, it sounds at all, too at perfect least not in that way yeah, too cute it's, it's too yeah. it's too cute and it's too perfectly associated with what we consider valentine's day Some today re- revisionist when they history instituted for sure. it, yeah because when they instituted valentine's day they did not see it as like a love couple day like they did not right. see it as like this romantic holiday and so for them it wouldn't make sense to do all that like they were honoring a martyr not this love day kind of thing So then how did we get from where we are to this love holiday? Actually has to do with medieval era. So we don't really see Valentine's Day referenced again for another thousand years. I mean, other than just like it's a feast day people celebrate. But the first time we start to see it associated with love is in the 1300s. Geoffrey Chaucer, who wrote the Canterbury Tales, mentions it in his book, The Parliament of Fowls. And when I was talking to somebody else, I thought the Parliament of Fowls and it's not that I thought this. This is how I want to believe it. So if you're a big literature nerd, don't correct me. In my mind, it's a parliament full of birds arguing about like feather taxes or something cool like that. And like, you know, the crows are one party and like the pigeons are another. And it's a wild, crazy Congress of birds. And and I don't want it to be anything else, to be honest. I want to keep that vision of it. So let me let me have that one. Um, It sounds like a pretty cool story to me. I know. I I I don't know about you. Parliament of Fouls. So let's, yeah. So we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. If you've read Jeffrey Chaucer, because I was talking with somebody who had, and they were like, that's definitely not what it is. And I was like, yeah, but it sounds cooler if it was. So um, he, in this book, He mentions that, like, somebody was talking about love, and he's like, oh, love on the day of Valentine's, the day that the goddess of nature or whatever brings the birds together in love, that is the day they found each other, something like that. And so by the 1300s, we see that it's become associated with love because of birds. So you know how in America we have groundhog day, which is like this silly day where like we, you know, a a groundhog comes out and if he sees a shadow or whatever, it's six more weeks of winter. And if he doesn't, he just kind of wanders around and spring is coming, right? And we all know it's not true, but it's just kind of fun. I think that's what happened here. Like in the medieval day, for whatever reason, they decided that the middle of February, February 14th is when birds found their mate and like would go and you know start building their nests and their love mate whoever they were going to be with together they found them on the day february 14th so it became like the love bird day and somehow between that and the fact that it's the same day as this guy's feast valentine's day becomes associated with love it's a day of finding someone you love and so soon people start writing poetry to each other they start making this their day to have um, someone they love because of its association with these birds falling in love and it sounds weird But I mean, you gotta have a day, right? You gotta have something that you're doing, something special, make it special. It's middle of winter, you're in Europe. Um, Especially England and France, they really like the idea of Valentine's Day being kind of like this special love day. In fact, like England and France added a legend to it that if you dream about somebody on Valentine's Day like that evening, it means that's who your soul is supposed to be with. And, you know, very soon, um, again, we're finding poetry mentioning the importance of Valentine's Day. In the year 1400, King Charles of France put together a party. He called it the Charter of the Court of Love, and he would invite young men to perform songs, and young women would judge it, and it was a very cutesy lovey-dovey kind of you know romantic-y thing for the court having a good time um but they did it and they chose february 14th to do it on because to them that was a day of love now i saw one source oxford was like he only did this to distract from a plague i feel like that's a little cynical (laughs) who knows maybe he did it to distract from a plague maybe i don't know how like having a love festival would completely distract from a plague but it certainly would maybe it was I mean,
3: politicians I know, have done stupider my, stuff to distract from from. Plagues. I mean,
2: if my dad is dying a plague, I'm not going to be like, "Well, well dad died a plague." And somehow that's King Charles's
3: fault. But the no, love festival to get is people's nice. minds off of their depression and stuff like that. You can go to this, go to this sure. uh, ball. I,
2: I, I, I like. To, I'm a little less cynical. I like to think that King Charles genuinely wanted to have a fun love festival while he's in the middle of losing the Hundred Years' War. <laughs> and that was what he was doing but you know who knows but the oldest known valentine came to us in the year 1415 so this is the first time somebody uses the phrase valentine i'm pretty sure and he was the charles the duke of orleans he would been taken to the tower of london because he also was losing the 100 years war um and he wrote a romantic like poem and had the letter delivered to his wife and he was like this is my valentine to you because you know i can't be there for you and so we see this now being associated very you know specifically with Valentine's Day and getting cards or being called Valentines, so like that love aspect by the fourteen, fifteen is like super, you know, embedded into the conscience. Mm-hmm. King Henry V, when he was, you know, get leaving his wife, he had he actually hired a famous poet to help him write poetry for his Valentine's Day. Ophelia and Shakespeare, whom I have never read this version of Shakespeare. I, I read a lot of, like you have to read Shakespeare in high school, but outside of Shakespeare in high school, I never really read anymore. But she talked about finding her love and, you know, falling in love specifically on Valentine's Day. And so this just kind of gets embedded slowly into the culture that like Valentine's Day, day of love. Why? Because of the birds or something, right? (laughs) But either way, it doesn't matter. As that bird's aspect gets lost, it doesn't matter because the love aspect stays. And by the 1600s, everyone in Western Europe, especially England and France, chocolates, flowers love notes that's the day you confess your feelings and i didn't think about this but back in those days like you couldn't if you wanted to deliver a card to somebody like you had to go give it to them because the post office didn't really work very well and so like it, when you gave someone a card like you were confessing those feelings quite so, so what, you know what sorry I what like, year is this a,
3: what era are we in
2: it's like the six yeah. We moved forward
3: to 1600s yeah well if you're rich you have like a like a page that can run it you know down the
2: maybe like yeah a runner. but it's still it's a pretty direct thing i guess i also thought like maybe you could sink into their house and drop off the letter but i'm just maybe saying like weird. it's probably a pretty direct yeah. thing still
3: yeah i like it now, you gotta you gotta knock on the door and, and give them uh yeah. give them the letter
2: now, if you're wondering, because you've got to be at some point asking yourself this question, okay, if St. Nicholas, you know, Santa is the guy for Christmas, how did a flying baby with a bow and arrow mm. become the guy for Valentine's Cupid, Day, right? right? And this happens around this time too. Yeah, Cupid. So Cupid gets associated with this holiday because Cupid was originally in the Greek pantheon of gods, Eros. And Eros was like this mighty, muscular, invincible. He was in some ways like the most powerful God because he could control the desires of other people and whatever he wanted, they would do for him. So he was like invincible, nobody could beat him. He was super strong and muscular, and he had all these powers. And he was like, he was like the cheat code, right? Like, if you're playing, you know, a game with your daughter, and she wants to be superheroes, she'll be like, "You can be ice powers, I'm fire power." But then, like, really quickly, she'll be like, "I'm also ice powers, and I can fly, and I'm a cat creature." And you're like, "Wait a second, you've over, way overpowered your character." Well, that makes sense for a six-year-old. Well, the Greek Greek mythologists kind of did this with Eros too. They made him like way over the top, too powerful, and he's way too much. But the, he, there's a story, Eros. And Psyche, like, fall in love or something. And that story would actually inspire Beating the Beast in the 1700s, kind of based off that. But anyway, so the Greek mythologist people were kind of like, okay, we made Eros too powerful for our stories. Let's tone him down a bit. So in the 400s, they go, well, he's actually not like a super mighty God that does whatever he wants. He does whatever his mom tells him. Aphrodite's in charge. And so then they made him the son of Aphrodite. And then for whatever reason, like, well, if he's a, ki- if he's a son, he should be a kid. So then eventually he's like a kid. And then eventually he goes from like this mighty muscular man they're just like toned down to like a baby. And they're like, ah, oh, it's a baby. That's good enough. And when the Romans took over Greece and they, like, basically stole all their gods and stuff, they, like, turned, they were like, oh, we like this baby. Maybe they give him some wings. I don't know if he had the wings at that point. And eventually you have this flying baby that controls your love, not really your desires, per se. I don't know where he gets the bow and arrow. That part just kind of gets added on later. And that's how – so when in the 1600s this love holiday shows up, there's kind of – you know, people are interested in the Renaissance and Greek culture, and they just kind of slap this flying baby in there. And that's how, you know, Eros is once super powerful, you know, way over the top Superman-like hero ended up becoming like a flying baby that's on Valentine's Day cards So was today. the
3: baby associated – he was associated with love previous to that yeah gotcha so he's just another uh
2: yeah he was it was kind of like originally he controlled your will and that turned into control your desire Mm -hmm. and that kind of controlled and determined your love and like cupid and eros have a lot of stories written about them and even like into the 200s ad they're still making up new long stories about cupid because like of all the Greek gods, he's the one about love, so you can tell love stories with Cupid. So he has, like, long, long, long stories where he's, like, the hero and helping people and doing different things and all that kind of stuff because he's the love god, so you could tell your more romantic Greek stories using him and stuff like that. But, again, it was just, you know, and so as they were rediscovering those in the 1500s and 1600s, they were embedding that
3: kind of right. into Right, they're their, just tacking on uh, that. Their Valentine's Day. You got love mascot. You got to tack that on the love holiday but Yeah. the- Love mascot on the left holiday. So that's and I mean and, and yes, the day
2: is named after Saint Valentine, but you know, having, you know, this dying martyr prophet on your Valentine's Day card probably doesn't look as nice as having like a flying baby with a heart. So I guess that was the kind of thought yeah. there.
3: Yeah, Hallmark they, they had that figured out.
2: <laughs> so by the early seventeen hundreds, we know that America, like, you know, not yet United States of America, but like colonial America celebrating Valentine's Day, Mexico, Canada, the United Kingdom, France this is pretty much a practice, right? Like, now, I'm not saying everyone is. I don't know if they're celebrating this kind of Valentine's Day in Rome. Probably not. They're probably sticking more to the original feast. And, like, I can't tell you what they're doing in uh, Turkey, right? Or, like, even in more Christian places like Poland. But for the most part, any place that's kind of on the more on the west side, they're enjoying the love aspect of this holiday and giving each other cards. Now, something weird kind of happens in the 1800s. In 1800s, the at that time, the British postal system, you, you whoever sent the card didn't have to pay for the card they sent. The other person receiving it did. So it was kind of rude to send cards unless it was something important because you're making the person pay for it. And if it was like a long ways or there was like a bunch of taxes and toll roads, like you could be making somebody pay like 10 cents to get a card from you and that's like a lot. And if they don't pay for it, they don't get the card and then it means nothing, right? So like there's a little bit of problems there. Well, in the 1800s, like the British people lobbied and were like, hey, we need one payment, one price it needs to be really cheap and we need to make it like the sender sends it. So they changed it all up and they created the postal system that they not have today. I'm sure it's changed since then, but like the more modern style of the postal system. And they said that you can send one letter for one cent. And that's totally reasonable. And people were so excited. So so much mail just like exploded because they could finally send letters to each other. And Valentine's Day took off because it's like one of the biggest letter card days and so you could send valentines to all your friends for like 10 cents and it would be no problem everyone was super excited but then in britain i don't know if this happened in america to the same degree but in britain they started making what were called vinegar valentines these were like supposed to be light-hearted jokes but they turned quite mean and nasty and some of them were like just hey you're my friend i'm making fun of you some of them were like somebody sent you a Valentine, and this is your response. I Was like, no, I don't like you like that. Some of them were just because you could send letters anonymously for the first time in history. People are just sending spam and hate and just ripping on each other, right? Like because you can mm. do that now, proving that humans always wanted to be mean to each yeah. other. The internet people have always there. been awful. This was just. Yeah, this was just, as soon as we could be anonymous and mean to each other, we were. And I wrote down two of these just to give you a little bit of a flair. But if you want to look up the pictures, they're horrible. Like They're like cartoons of the people they're making fun of. But they give them like just horrible-looking noses, giant heads, just really mean uh, stuff. But one of them is, you fancy you display such grace, but how could you do that when you have such an ugly face? Wow, that's pretty good. And another one said, (laughs) no, I'm like, I wish if... If we're going to live in an age where people are making fun of each other, I do wish there was a little bit more of a poetic flair yeah. to it, you know? Yeah, same if you say what you will, but
3: that's some, that's some talent that he's got there. <laughs>
2: Tell me what you think of this one. Poor old croaker, stop your clack. You don't need to paint everything quite so black.
3: It's pretty good, too. It's pretty good. A little yeah, bit right? more it's dated, but
2: I like it. I like it. Oh, you tired. Stop your clacking there, Joel. This isn't an out of phrase date at all.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love it. It's like a, it's like a 300-year-old version of the internet. You could just yeah, it just the really Comment is. section on YouTube.
2: That that literally, when I was looking at that, I was like, I just feel like, like with the pictures too. I'm like, are these literally are just like, mean yeah, they're memes just memes. from yeah. two hundred years ago, they're just that completely, just with a little bit, again, a little more of a poetic flair to it. So if you are, you know, if I don't know that we get much say in the in the world of the mean memes because I don't have any world in that but if you did, if you want to bring that back, bring it, bring back the poetic mm. flair, you know, really start going for that. I think it just adds a little bit more to it. Um, in America. We did something similarly bad with Valentine's Day cards. We also, our postal system was kind of getting set up at the same time too. And we liked to draw comics on our Valentines, but those comics got very inappropriate and vulgar and obscene, so much so that there were many times when postal workers would refuse to deliver Valentine's Day comics and cards because they were so inappropriate. So... You know, not always, uh, not everything about this holiday associated with it has always been good. There have been some, apparently when we first got the ability to send people mail, we did some not so nice things with those things. Um, working on Valentine's Day was actually really awful too. It was like, you know, if you hear about people who work for Amazon during Christmas, that's like what the postal workers were saying life was like for them. They were just carrying gigantic bags of Valentine's running all over town all day for like the two weeks before and after Valentine's Day. So they did not like working that day very much and getting vulgar and obscene cards they had to deliver in the middle of the, all that was not something they enjoy. Soon the cards are being mass produced. This is around the era of the factories and industrial evolution, all that. So soon we're getting workers who are just, their only job is to to make Valentine's Day cards for people to sell, um, one factory, according to Charles Dickens, had 3,000 women working in it, and he called it Cupid's Manufactory because so many girls were just sitting there all day making Valentine's Day cards for them to sell around that time. Another woman, Esther Holland, I think was how her name was pronounced, uh, worked at her father's bookstore in America, and she saw all these Valentine's Day cards in Europe. Thought it was pretty cool, but thought she could do a better job, so she started adding from her dad's like bookstore, you know. Um, office store, started adding little frills, started adding little, you know, laces and little flowers and little things to make her cards look prettier and started selling those cards. And those cards went through the roof and she got the nickname, the mother of the American Valentine, which is why today when you get a Valentine's Day card, unlike a birthday card or any other card, it'll have all this lace and bows and extra added stuff is because she started doing this at her dad's uh, office store one time and made the Valentine's Day cards. Uh, special in that way, she would make a hundred thousand dollars a year just making um, with her little factory, just making these extra special looking Valentine's Day cards. Not too shabby. By 186, not too bad. By 1868, the British chocolate company Cadbury was then selling heart-shaped chocolates, and chocolates had always been associated. But really, in the 1800s, it took off, which is good. People were starting to get more romantic. We're starting to marry more for love than just for business and stuff like that. But like they needed help because the early gifts they were giving each other were spoons and gloves um and so i think chocolate
3: and flowers were kind of in the better direction than the old classic love i mean are we these good quality gloves i mean i'd i'd pick a good (laughs) good hearty pair of gloves over over some chocolates any day I know every man listening remembers when he was shopping for his
2: wife's first spoon that he had to go to the store and go get. I mean, so I'm glad that, you know, our our ancestors, as they learned to love and date, they had to learn, you know, the classics of gift shopping. In those early days, it was all about the spoon and the glove.
3: Chocolate is certainly uh, easier. Nice,
2: hearty. Yes, a little bit sweeter. And again, they were giving candy all along. But again, the heart-shaped chocolate, the giant bouquet of flowers, that stuff kind of took precedence over, you know, the, the, the not so good gifts. So the reason I say all this um, and may add some of these extra details, too, is you may have heard Valentine's Day is a Hallmark holiday. Um, people will sometimes cynically be like, oh, this isn't a real holiday. I show my love to my wife every other day of the year. You know, it's a, it's a day for just the Hallmark company to make its money. Hallmark doesn't get involved with Valentine's Day until the year 1913 when they sell some Valentine's, and they don't officially make a Valentine's Day like a part of their like catalog until the year 1916. Which it makes sense. Of course, Valentine's, of course, Hallmark, the biggest card company you know, in the world, would at some point get involved with you know, the second biggest card holiday in the world, which is Valentine's Day. So, it wasn't surprising Hallmark got in, but people were giving love notes, love letters, making mass manufactured um, you know, love cards 100 years before Hallmark was even touching right. it. So, it, it, it has a much longer history of love before that. And these days, um, in the year 2013, they think about 190 million Valentine's Day cards went around. Now that number went down by the year 2021, just cause we don't send as much cards. It probably went down to 145 million, but that's still a lot of Valentine's Day cards in circulation. Christmas is still the biggest card giving day of the year, uh, but Valentine's is definitely number two. And if you include children's activities, so if you, intrude, you know, include the fact that the kids, when they go to school, they bring like 20 Valentines and give to everybody in class and each kid's bringing like 20 Valentines, then actually that number goes up to a billion Valentine's Day cards because of all those teacher activities, mm-hmm. you know, bringing this home for mom and dad, all that stuff. And that number goes to the roof. And, the only, and that one is actually bigger than Christmas when you include the children. In 2021, ch- uh, Americans spent about $21 billion celebrating Christmas. Um, Valentine's Day and it's different things. It's actually one of the most popular holidays, purely in terms of how many people acknowledge it or celebrate it, because there are people who don't celebrate Halloween, who have no trouble acknowledging uh, Valentine's Day. There are people who don't celebrate Christmas because they're celebrating, you know, a different holiday during that season. Um, but when it comes to Valentine's, almost everybody acknowledges on some level Valentine's Day's existence, even if they're not yeah. married or they don't have a relationship, they still acknowledge that that is the day it's supposed to happen. And because it's such an easy holiday to do, it's actually wildly popular, not just in America, but around the world, because all you got to do is send your loved one a love note or something or acknowledge, Hey, happy Valentine's day. I love you. And you've kind of, in some way, celebrated it. So in some ways it makes it one of the easiest holidays to celebrate and one of the most popular. And people just like love. And so it makes it a pretty uh, pretty popular one for people, even even if you're not. So somehow, we went from St. Valentine, one of possibly three different men martyred in the early 200s, to a flying baby shooting arrows with a bunch of love notes and chocolates and uh, stuff wonder, like that. But it's still pretty popular, still pretty big. I
3: wonder if... You know, we talk about... You talk about... Uh, uh, this this greek holiday that happened during this time of year and also you know the medieval people talking about these birds uh finding their 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 love bird during this era as well and the king throwing this love banquet at this time i wonder if there's just something associated with mid-february that like on a human level like are people more loving in the middle of february maybe dude like would this have happened regardless of you know circumstances and stuff like that maybe it has something to do with the seasons and the weather or something like that where uh (laughs) people maybe cooped up after some snows or or something like that a lot of snowfall i'm not sure but it seems like there's a lot of things that you know we're we're kind of just converging in love mid-february
2: although i appreciate the sentiment i don't know that like any other part of the world besides like western europe and those places got into valentine's day and i don't know that there's like an equivalent version of love day Say you know in um, in Chinese history or in other cold places yeah. like that so interesting if there is and it's in the same month then I think you'd probably be correct and I haven't done the research to be able to answer that but if not then it just seems to be like a fun holiday that sprouted out of this area but yeah it would be a good question I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was something right. like that but I don't know. Enough about the history. I didn't look into other similar style holidays to see if something like Valentine's You're Day right um, existed of uh, of old from those kind of times but either way it's a fun holiday it's nice i'm not cynical i like valentine's day you know me and the missus we gave each other gifts I'm, I'm a big fan so i i'm one of those people who thinks it's nice to have a day yes you can celebrate your spouse every day but you can also celebrate jesus every day but christmas and easter are nice to remember yeah. too so i just i'm a fan of marking special occasions to make it special i know other people do not feel that way and that's okay you, you know Romans 14, one day is holy and another is not. That's all right. Just be convinced in your own mind. So y'all do how you want to do. And, I mean, we certainly have drifted from the original St. Valentine quite a bit. Yeah, so, I was about to know, say, I think do.
3: we set a record for, you know, this uh, Revive Thoughts Church History Slash Sermon Podcasts. Uh, episode involving the least amount of church history of any of our episodes so far to this point. Yeah, certainly more. It's we're a- just taking the history out of church, out of the church history, yeah. and uh, you know, it's a fun episode. This obviously we enjoy our show being edifying, but every once in a while, it's just fun to take a look back at history and see where things came from, think, see where things have gone, and I found it really interesting. I found it interesting how little I, we know I, about St. Valentine.
2: Yeah, me too. I was a little bit bummed when I went into this. I was hoping it would be like St. Nicholas or it's like this is super interesting history. We could all learn and grow. From St. Valentine, you don't really get that, and maybe that maybe that is the message. If we're going to look for you know, if we're mm-hmm. looking for some for some gem in the rough here, it's that you know what? Sometimes, if you do not keep the focus on God, you eventually lose the meaning of what you're doing, even in the first place, and it drifts into something completely human centered. Maybe that is our message here. We lost the focus of why we celebrated Valentine's Day, and we turned it into something just completely different. But again, I don't think that Valentine's Day is a bad day. I think I think love. For your spouse is a a laudable trait. And I think there's nothing wrong with having a day to commemorate how much you love your significant other. Um, And if you're a single person, you know, it's a day to maybe confess some feelings or think about, you know, where you're heading in that direction.
3: So awesome. I think that's going to do it for uh, today's episode of Revive Thoughts. Uh, If you want to join us on Patreon, again, follow the link in the description. Uh, we appreciate the, the donors that help out Revive Studios financially. And again, we can get you an ad-free feed. And if you don't follow us on social media, uh, be sure to search for us. Facebook is probably where we have the most active community. So hop on there and follow our, just search for Revive Thoughts and you can find us there.
2: Thank you for joining us for another Revived Conversation kind of break from what we normally do. And we are looking forward to bringing some more sermons and some more history conversations to you uh, next time. This is Troy and Jill, and you're listening to Revive Thoughts.